What's up, Boston? It's Friday, November 18th, and that means it's time again for your weekly Friday Five, where we give you the lowdown on what you need to know from last week's news heading into this weekend. I'm Landry. And I'm Christina. With the Boston University News Service, or BUNS for short. From politics to sports, we have a lot to talk about this week. The Thanksgiving dinner conversation definitely won't be lacking for subject matter this year, Christina. It's definitely going to be one of the years that my family's going to be telling me to shut up. It'll be a nice change. <laughs> I think mine too. Well, let's get right to it. It has now been 10 days since the election of Donald Trump to President of the United States, and the transition is in full swing. Yet, according to the New York Times and other sources, it is already in disarray due to disorganization and infighting. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie was reportedly dumped from head of the transition team and replaced with Vice President Mike Pence. Trump described the transition as going smoothly in a series of tweets on Wednesday, despite these claims. We have received confirmation of several cabinet hirings in the past few days, several of them controversial. Here's a rundown of the big names. Lay it on me. Reince Priebus has been named chief of staff. Reince was the former RNC chair, and his job now will be managing the work and personnel of the West Wing. What's surprising about him is he's actually kind of a Washington insider, a friend of Paul Ryan. So with the whole campaign of Trump saying he wanted to kind of uh, drain the swamp, it seems strange that he'd pick someone who's been in that swamp for a very long time. Well, I can definitely say that President-elect Trump will be keeping us on our toes with the rest of these appointments, I guess. There's already a surprise every day, Christina. Next up, we have Steve Bannon, who is named chief strategist to the president. Bannon is a former Breitbart editor, which is an online media organization known for some strong views and uh, some controversy with white nationalism, misogyny, and it's known to be associated with the alt-right movement. This appointment has already been denounced by several civil rights groups and strategists on both sides of the aisle. I honestly think it's very surprising to me that you see uh, senators in Congress that are denouncing him and telling Trump to reconsider and rescind this appointment, which is very interesting to me. It is very interesting. We haven't seen something like this before. Jeff Sessions was named attorney general. Sessions is a senator from Alabama. His role now is he has the authority to carry out Trump's law and order platform. The controversy with Sessions is in a nomination for federal judgeship in 1986. He was rejected because of racially charged comments and actions, according to the New York Times. Last, Michael T. Flynn has been named the National Security Advisor. Michael Flynn is a retired Army Lieutenant General and former Director, Defense Intelligence Agency. He will now be a sort of gatekeeper for policy proposals from the State Department, Pentagon, and other security groups. So theoretically, he should be a good choice because he's a former military guy, I guess, right? As you can imagine, there's also controversy with General Flynn. General Flynn has been outspoken about his view of the threat posed by Islamist militancy. And according to Business Insider, last February tweeted, Fear of Muslims is rational. Please forward this to others. The truth fears no questions. That sounds super ominous. And last thing, there's been a lot of controversy today, especially surrounding some statements made about a national Muslim registry. Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach, known for having a hardline stance on immigration, told Reuters in a story published Wednesday that he has been in regular contact with Trump's immigration advisors and that the president-elect's team is considering a system modeled after a controversial one implemented after the terrorist attacks of September 11th. This will kind of go with Trump's uh, campaign promises of vetting Muslim immigrants and uh, National Muslim Registry, again, an ominous thing that harkens back to what a great American PAC spokesperson and Trump supporter told Megyn Kelly that there is a legal precedent 
citing the Japanese internship camps. Speaking of transitions, for the first time this week, we saw Hillary Clinton after her concession speech that she gave last week after Trump won the 45th presidency. This week, she spoke at the Children Defense Fund's Beat the Odds Gala, and CNN reports that she was emotional about her loss. And even if you just looked at pictures comparing her from her last time out in public compared to now, she was devoid of makeup in the style of like what you'd see Alicia Keys doing. And mm-hmm. just like it was very raw that you could really just focus on what she was saying and not how she looked. Mm -hmm. It was a nice change. She was very reflective in the night. She said, coming here tonight wasn't the easiest thing for me. There have been a few times this past week where all I wanted to do was curl up with a good book and our dogs and never leave the house again. I I know that feeling. And while her speech had some powerful moments of reflection, it was also a call to action. She emphasized that we have work to do and for the sake of our children and our families and our country, I ask you to stay engaged. Stay engaged on every level. Well, that's all we have for this week. Expect plenty more updates in the following weeks. We'll keep you up to date with all the new hirings in the Trump administration and also how the DNC is responding to all this. There's going to be some shakeups in their leadership team as well. Yep. Now let's go over to Rob and tell us what's going on in Boston. Since all of us at Friday Five are BU students, we get the BU PD alerts about suspicious activity on campus. So of course when my phone buzzed about an emergency situation at the library this morning, I sent Rob down to get the scoop. Yeah, thanks for that. So first things first, this alert was over a bomb threat that is believed to have been just a hoax. Police reopened both the Mugar Library and the George Sherman Union around 10 this morning and don't believe there's any credible threat to the student body right now. Okay, but let's step through the sequence of events. What actually happened this morning? According to Boston Police Commissioner William Evans, Boston University Police received two calls this morning from a blocked number. The first saying that the caller had barricaded himself in room 420 of BU's Mugar Library and was armed with both guns and explosives. He then called back shortly after to say that he had shot one of the hostages. Officers from BUPD, BPD, and the state police force all descended on campus and evacuated both the library and the connected George Sherman Student Union. After a thorough sweep of the building, it was determined that there was no credible threat to student safety. So this was just a really horrible joke? Yeah, I actually ran up to the fourth floor to check, and room 420 isn't even an actual room. It's more of a strange metal cage with a desk in it that you can reserve to study. I've got photos up on Twitter you can check out. Uh, the Twitter handle is at Rob the Carter. But it definitely wouldn't be a place you'd start a hostage standoff. Well, at least you can tell your mom you went to the library this semester. Being a school librarian, I'm sure she'd like that. And as long as we're talking about schools, we got some alarming news from the Mass Department of Environmental Protection on Tuesday. Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? A study released by the Mass Department of Environmental Protection showed elevated levels of lead in 164 public schools around the state. Officials are saying that they're pleased with the transparency on the issue, and they've shut off water supplies where contamination has been found. In cases where they haven't done that, they are marking sinks for hand washing only. Steps are being taken to replace all the pipes that have been identified as problems, but as a graduate from one of the schools identified on the list, it's certainly a bit alarming. Arlington High made the list? You know, Rob, that actually explains some things. Thanks, Aaron. That's really comforting. Finally, as a follow-up on our story last week, former Mass Speaker of the House Salvador Damasi has been granted a compassionate release from prison by U.S. District Court Judge Mark L. Wolf as he recovers from throat and tongue cancer. All right, guys, and now it's time for science! 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 And tech. With Aaron Wade. (laughs) 
Hey Aaron, did you see that article where it says Barack Obama signed an executive order banning those Jill Biden memes? Charlie, that's not real. But thanks for bringing this up. Fake news has played an increasingly important role in American politics recently, and Google and Facebook have received a lot of backlash for failing to filter out the fake stuff from the real stuff. But both companies announced this week that they'll be pulling advertising funds from all fake news sites. Google said it won't let the sites use its Google AdSense service anymore, and Facebook won't allow developers on its network to display ads from fake news organizations. You can still see fake news stories on Google News and Facebook, though, and this update to their advertising policies won't change anything about that. But I'm getting a master's degree in fake news. Kind of takes the wind out of my sails, which is (laughs) not really fair. But I have another social media story for you, too. Have you heard about the new cellular phone application where you can send photos or videos and the other person can only watch them for like a limited amount of time? Snapple Chapel or something? Did Did you mean Instagram or did you mean Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, the Snapchats. Rumor mills going on that they're uh, they're looking to go public with the thing. Apparently, it's a big deal. 150 million users daily. So they think they're really going to pull a lot of ad money if they can go public. They're thinking maybe 25 billion dollars in investments initially. People think that these Snapchats just sort of go away, but they are stored on servers initially. You yeah. know, I've actually seen a server before. Did you know it's just like a room full of big computer things? You know, I don't have a server in Russia, but did you know that I can see Russia from my house? And you know what else I saw from my house on Sunday and Monday? Hey, was it the supermoon? I never understood why they call it supermoon. Don't wear a cape, doesn't wear a mask, and you don't see it rescuing any puppies or fighting crime. Let me tell you why it's super, Charlie. Supermoons are full moons that are at perigee, or the closest point to Earth in the moon's elliptical orbit around our fine planet. NASA says last weekend's supermoon was the closest to Earth since 1948. It was the second in a series of three supermoons in a row. So while last weekend's was the closest, and therefore the biggest of the three, there's going to be another one on December 14th. Y'all should check it out. We have a beautiful moon. I saw it. Was not that impressed. Charlie, it was really nice. It was bigger. You know, try not to be so picky. It's time for your sports talk. Let's do it. Alright, Bree. So, I wasn't able to watch the Pats on Sunday, but I hear it got real surprising. What happened there? Christina. Did you miss a Sunday night game? It was a really, really good game. And the Seahawks finally played like they realized that they shouldn't have lost the Super Bowl. I was really impressed. They really handled what seemed like an unstoppable Tom Brady up to this point. I mean, Mm -hmm. he threw his first interception. Oh, wow. No touchdowns, but he did come out with 300 plus yards. I feel like they finally met their match in that defense. That Seahawk defense was clicking on all cylinders. It's a good thing for that game because I do like top-ranking teams to actually square off and have this kind of result where they do test each other. Unfortunately for the Pats, it didn't end up in their favor, but this is something they really needed, I think, to remind them of you are the best, but you will be competing against the best if you want to play in late January and early February. Yes, I completely agree. The Pats will be back in action against San Francisco at Levi Stadium, and um, it's a 4-25 game, afternoon game, but I know they'll handle business, so they'll be just fine. So let's move on to other good-looking New England teams. The Celtics had a really good week. They went three for four in the last time we've spoken about them. Yeah, and the last game I watched, mm-hmm. um, which was against the Dallas Mavericks, I only got to see the second half. When I came into the third quarter, it was actually a pretty low-scoring game. Both teams only ended up with 30 mm-hmm. by the third quarter. I was kind of concerned by that because, you know, we were talking about how well they score. They really know how to adjust because by the third quarter and the fourth, Isaiah 
Isaiah Thomas really took over again. He really found his own. I mean, he ended off that game leading with 30 points and six assists, so something clicked in that second half for him. Yeah, he really got creative, of course, in the paint. Other than that low-scoring game, which it was 90, and that's not really (laughs) low-scoring. No. Those other three games, they scored at least 100. And the one loss, they only lost by one point. The Celtics look like they really, really mean business, and I think that bodes really well for their home game tonight against the Golden State Warriors. That'll be interesting. I want to see how they match up against KD, how they kind of handle really attacking Golden State in the paint, because we all know that they do not really have a true center. They kind of rely on what's quote-unquote small ball. So I want to see how they really take advantage of that. Very true. That is home tonight at 8 p.m. All right, guys. So your Boston Bruins had a pretty decent week on the ice. By the way, if you haven't checked out their Twitter, they attempted the mannequin challenge while they were on the plane, and it is pretty funny. Okay, so they outscored the Arizona Coyotes 2-1. to They also had another shutout win over the Colorado Avalanche 2-0. to Their only loss of the week was their most recent game against the Minnesota Wild, where they only lost one to nothing. The only score of the game was allowed in the third period with like a minute left. Wow. It was a really good game for the Bruins goalie Tuka Rosk. He had 28 successful stopped goals. That 29th one was the only one wow. he missed. So how that score happened, apparently the winning goal by the Wild banked off Adam McQuaid's shin and hit Rosk skate and ended up in the goal. Yikes. Rosk said later, I think I've lost in overtime when there's point something left on the clock. So that's a little more frustrating, but it's up there for sure. Tough loss, but he played really well. I wouldn't worry for the Bruins. They've been doing very, very well. They will be taking on the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow. So we will see how the Bruins do. So is there anything else I'm missing in sports? Well, you have our U.S. men's soccer team. They're trying to qualify for the World Cup in Russia in 2018. Mm-hmm. And um, they really kind of struggled these past two games. They lost 2-1 to Mexico. Oh. And that's not the worst of it. No. We have a 4-0 loss to Costa Rica. Not even one? Not one. Oh, jeez. Not one. One, Coach Klinsman is really under fire for his personnel decisions and how they've been performing. And we all know that the U.S. men's team has been struggling, especially Mm -hmm. in comparison to the women. They have eight games left in the CONCA tournament. Mm -hmm. But here's where we are hopeful. CONCA allows for three berths to the World Cup. And if you do get the fourth position in the berth, the fourth team would have to play in a two-leg playoff against another Asian team, which is to be determined. I'm kind of saddened for for the state of this U.S. men's team. As you know, soccer, at least in the U.S., it's not one of our more popular sports. And in order to gain that kind of attention and support, you need to be able to sustain yourself and and provide wins or even just qualify in a decent manner. So that's why I always feel for, you know, the big controversy between how the women get paid Mm. and how the men get paid. And I feel like the women really have a valid argument. They are the reigning World Cup champions. They play phenomenally. Phenomenally. They play with so much heart, too. They actually made the association more money, and the men lost. They really need to give the women that kind of respect that they have earned. So hopefully this will turn things in the favor for the women's soccer team. They definitely deserve it. At least I think so. I think so, too. All right, Bray, I'm going to skedaddle out of here so you and Landry can talk about some artsy-fartsy stuff. (laughs) Sounds like a good time. So, Bree, my first New England winter is coming. 
Me too. <laughs> I think you might feel the same way. I'm awaiting it in kind of terror and anticipation of all this possible snowfall and just freezing temperatures. I've been all over L.L. Bean's website this weekend trying to get puffy coats. But it's okay. Jon right. Snow is king in the north. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hope all you listeners got that Game of Thrones reference. If anybody has some tips for us, please let us know. Until winter does get here, the temperature is not so bad outside. There's still plenty of chances for you to get out there this weekend. So let's go through a few of the highlights. Let's do it. So number one is actually inside, but maybe you could paint something natural and outdoors. Paint night at Tequila Rain. Um, this will be great for a friend's night out and you get to also drink while you paint which Ooh. I think I need a little bit of help when I'm painting same um, I'm not as creative as I thought I was when I was five true <laughs> and I get more creative with each cocktail usually so it sounds like the perfect <laughs> recipe for a work in the Museum of Fine Arts this event will be tonight 7 to 9 p.m. and I got a special code for you folks $27 tickets with the code BOSCAL40 that is B-O-S- C-A-L-40. Don't feel bad if you can't paint. That's what the drinks are there for. What do you think, Bree? Should we go check that out? I think we should go check that out. That sounds like a good time. Next up is the Fantastic Beast Scavenger Hunt. <sighs> An event after my own heart. We had a few reporters go and do this for Buns last week, and they had an amazing time. Go check out what they wrote on the BU News Service website. Um, this is just a great way to celebrate the release of a new Harry Potter movie this weekend. Yes. Big deal, Brie. Yes. Have you been excited about this one? I cannot wait. I'm actually going at 10 o'clock tonight. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I saw it last night at 10 o'clock, and I can guarantee it will be a good time. Okay. Plenty of surprises in store. Again, this will be just kind of a way that you can go revel in the holidays and Harry Potter and just the entire J.K. Rowling creation. What this is going to be is the Harvard Museum of Natural History. You can climb a 150-year-old staircase, explore a maze of hallways, there's going to be secret rooms. Don't worry, plenty of magical beasts scattered around the museum. And plus, the museum is just really cool if you haven't been there. That'll be tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And you ready for this? The tickets are actually five galleons, nine sickles, and 13 nuts, which in um, American currency is uh, $10 for non-Harvard students. So you lucky Harvard students, you get to go in for free, but us Boston kids, we got to pay up. You know, but I'm willing to pay for that. All right, Bree. Do you think it's too early for Christmas? It's never too early for Christmas, at least to me. <laughs> to me, it's never too early to break out. We've talked about it on the podcast before, the Michael Bublé album, mm-hmm. the best Christmas album. I'm just going to put that out there. Yes. And also a good tree lighting. What's the best tree lighting you've been to? I've never been to the New York one, mm-hmm. but they built a new outdoor mall. Well, it's not new now, but it was years ago. And when they did their first tree lighting, I probably was about like maybe 11. Well, I've never been to any really big ones, so I'm excited about this one. This one's going to be at Fanula Hall tomorrow from 8 to 9 p.m., completely free. Um, It's hosted by WBZ-TV, and it's kind of just kicking off the holiday season in Boston. Head down there for entertainment, the tree lighting, music. It's just going to be a great time. Bring the whole family out. I'll be there, so come say hi to me. (laughs) I'm already ready for Christmas. I'm ready for the holidays. Just listen for the Michael Bublé, and that's how you'll find me there. And then last thing... This is a nerdy thing for me. Do you know the game Settlers of Catan? I do not. Well, I'm going to teach you this game this weekend. Really fun. Kind of like Monopoly, kind of like Risk, all these games put together where you kind of trade different products and you build cities and all this stuff. One of the few board games I'm really nerdy about, except for playing Candyland and Battleship with my little sisters. I do love that. (laughs) This eight-week meetup begins Sunday at the American Fresh Brewhouse Beer Garden. Just a fun place to go play games. It's going to be free. Drinks aren't free, fortunately. (laughs) you got to pay for those, but... 
but there will be a few games there. Bring your own games. There's going to be raffles happening as well. The winner of each game will receive a prize. And again, you're more than welcome to bring your own board. But remember, it's first come, first serve Sunday. Sunday, 5 to 8 p.m. at the American Fresh Brew House Beer Garden at Somerville. Cost is completely free. Well, last thing, listeners, before we go, Bree and I have a recommendation for what movie to see this weekend. You could probably already guess, but we're very excited about <laughs> Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts and, and Where, where to, to Find Them. them. <laughs> we're both huge Harry Potter nerds. We're so excited to be back in the Harry Potter universe, Yes. especially now that we're in America. About time. Yes. Going to be set in the 20s in New York. Saw it last night. Great time. Bree, I can't wait for you to see it tonight. Oh, I'm... Believe me, I can't wait either. Oh, gosh. I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll give you listeners a little taste of our thoughts on it when we get back. But you got a Thanksgiving break ahead of you. Go check that out. And with that, that does it for arts and fun for the weekend. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. See you guys later. All right, with that, this ends this week's Buns Friday 5 for November 18th, 2016. Now, remember, guys, next week is Thanksgiving, so since most of us will be stuffing ourselves with turkey and all other stuff, if you're vegetarian like Rob, we will not be having a podcast (laughs) next week. So tune in in two weeks to find out what five topics we think you need to know from the last two weeks before. For the Buns Friday 5, I'm Christina Atienza. I'm Landry Harlan. Have a fantastic week. Bye.